Well, it's so good to be with you today, and for most of you, mine is a face that's different from the one you are used to seeing in the pulpit on Sunday morning. My name is Dolly Mills, and I was away on sabbatical for a good part of the summer, actually, and our senior minister, David Emery, is actually out this weekend um, having a much-deserved vacation, and he'll be returning to the pulpit Um, next Sunday, actually. So I am glad for the opportunity to share with you today. It's actually been a while since I have preached, and also I see lots of new faces that are out here today as well. So before we dive into the message, I wanted to just take a moment to get acquainted, or in some cases reacquainted with you, and just let you in to know what's what's up in my life and a little bit of happening at the Mills uh, household. Since I last preached last fall, we were we sent Austin to college, and our daughter was entering her senior year of high school. So that means Steve and I were preparing for that season that is now upon us. We are in our eleventh day of being an empty nester. So it's, it's a little bit new for us. I'm glad to say that we did survive the college drop-off, so we're surviving this season. I can't say that we're thriving just yet. It's still a little awkward and a little quiet at my house, and um, we still anxiously wait for the phone to ring. Maybe Peyton will call us, or if we're really lucky, we might get to FaceTime her and when we sent Austin to school, you all may remember the story that I had a total meltdown after we left him at UK and came home and Steve found me like flat out on the bed in tears for a really, really, really long time. Well, this time that was my husband, Steve. (laughs) So if you see him, he needs a little bit of extra love these days. So uh, we're surviving the empty nest. We are leaning into God and leaning into one another and definitely planning a few road trips to Lexington this fall. And here is what my nest now looks like these days. So my daughter Peyton has been replaced by a puppy named Millie Mills. And we've got three little sets of feet that greet us at the door. So whatever season of life that you're in today, whatever you are bringing with you, my hope today is that God will have a word for you this morning as we lean into him. I am glad to be back with you, and truly, it's an honor, it's a pleasure, and it's a privilege to deliver the word today, and there is no place that I would rather be than where I am right now. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and and pray this morning. Gracious God and giver of life, we are so thankful for the signs of your love and grace and abundance that surround us, Lord. And in this hour, we offer ourselves to you. We ask that you speak to us through your word, and come to you knowing and believing that you have something to offer to each one of us. So we bring our best to you today. We open our hearts to you, Lord, and we're thankful for the hope that you place in us. 
We're thankful for the way that you pull us back toward you when we go astray and for the steady and consistent presence of your love and of your grace. Amen. All right, now over the last few weeks, we have been studying the Gospel of John, and we're not yet to the end of John's Gospel, so we're just going to keep going. So you will notice that this week, um, the message is from John chapter 15, but we've skipped a few chapters along the way, and there were some really important events and happenings in the life of Jesus that transpired in that gap. So I'm going to take just a minute to kind of bring us up to where we are now as we prepare to read from the Gospel of John. We'll be reading chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. So those of you that were here last week might remember that, that this, this was the time when Jesus actually raised Lazarus back to life. And since then, some significant happenings have taken place, like Palm Sunday, where Jesus rode into Jerusalem and the crowds greeted him and waved at him and hailed him as king. And the week went on and he continued to teach his disciples to make them aware that his time on earth was coming to an end. They shared the Passover meal together. He brought out a basin of water and washed the feet of his disciples and reminded them of how they were to serve one another as he had served them. He reminded them that they would never be alone because he would send his Holy Spirit to be with them and to guide them. And the passage that we're going to read from today are words that Jesus spoke as they were walking to the Garden of Gethsemane. So this is a passage that you, you very well may have heard before and be familiar with. So I'm just going to ask that you listen like it's something that is brand new to you and be intentional about how God is speaking to you today and what you take away from his word. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers, such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As I read that text this week and started to prepare for this message, there is a lot that we could actually pull out of that. I think I could probably glean two or three different messages just from that scripture alone. 
So my prayer this week has really been that God would reveal to me a word that would resonate with you, with this body that we call Middletown Christian Church. And as I read it again and again, I think about how intentional Jesus' teaching had to be at that point in time. I mean, he was in his final days on earth and knew that his time with the disciples was coming to an end. So every word that was spoken was important. And in this text, the word abide is one of the words that just stands out. As you read it over and over, the word keeps coming, coming out. It's in that scripture eight different times in that really short passage. So thinking about the word abide in the context there, it means to stay or to live somewhere, to dwell, to remain, or to continue. And if we are abiding in Christ, it's going to be evident in how we live our lives. It's going to come across in our thoughts, in our words, in our interactions with one another. It's going to spill into our character. It's going to be obvious to those around us, even if it's not evident to us. Because sooner or later, what is on the inside will become evident on the outside as well. This summer, I was walking the dogs around the block one day, and it was a really sunny, clear morning, much like this one. And as I was rounding the corner, walking toward our house, I heard this loud crackle, crackle, pop sound and, and looked up just in time to see this huge tree branch come hurling out of a tree and land all the way across in our driveway. Now, fortunately for us, there were no humans or dogs or cars in the driveway at the time because this branch would have taken out anything that was in its path. But we couldn't figure out why it fell. There was no wind. There were not raging storms or anything like there are in Texas right now. And it was this beautiful, tall, beautiful, abundant tree that was doing its job really, really well. It was really, really green. It, it shaded the driveway. And we really couldn't tell why it fell. So it was thick enough that Steve had to get a chainsaw to remove it. And he cut it up and took part of that tree to our friends down at Frank Audie's to see if they could help tell us why it fell, what was, what was wrong with it. Because from everything we could see, it was a beautiful, healthy tree branch. And the result was a woodpecker. A woodpecker that had pecked away at one small and tiny section of the tree. So further reveal showed this segment of the branch that had been weakened and damaged and compromised over time by 
a small woodpecker that we never saw and never even noticed. And thus the branch came crashing down. It was now a very dead branch that would soon wither because it was no longer connected to the source that gave it life. And isn't that the way it can sometimes go in our spiritual lives? Can you think of a time, perhaps, when you've become disconnected to the vine or begun to slip away? Maybe a time when your values were compromised or a time when you've been in a weakened state or just felt disconnected to God for some reason. Sometimes it happens steadily and slowly over time, sometimes when we don't even realize it. Or sometimes something critical happens in our lives. When something comes crashing down, hurling down at us and causing destruction with anything in our paths. But if the vines are healthy and the connections are strong, it's really less likely that we're going to wander away from God. Like Jesus told his disciples in that passage, you are the branches. And the way that I understand that is that those branches don't just represent our connection to God. They represent our connection to one another and to the community. And our ability to bear fruit is not just about our relationship with Jesus. It affects our relationships and how we relate to one another. Larry Vallon actually put it in perspective this week when he said, he said this, you know, he is the smartest one on our staff. He said, our church family isn't just like the vine. It is the vine. And as family, we need one another. We are much better when we're together. I mean, let's face it, when we're just left to our own vices, I mean, sometimes we wander away. We are human. We don't always do so well on our own. I mean, just think about the many, many distractions that pull us away from one another and pull us away from God. Think about the things that we watch on TV or the stories that we hear on the news or what we might come across when we're strolling through our social media. But when we're fully connected to the vine, when we are living abundant lives, the goodness, the grace, and the mercy that is in Christ flows through us as the vines are strengthened and they spread. And in this particular passage, Jesus talks about the fruit that we bear being the measure of how we're doing in our spiritual life. He doesn't talk about productivity. He doesn't talk about activity. He talks about the actual fruit that we bear. And our ability to bear that fruit also reveals whether we're leading connected or disconnected lives. 
So today, I want to ask you to think for a minute about the kind of fruit that you are bearing in your life. Is it the kind of fruit that the Apostle Paul talked about in Galatians when he talks about the fruit of the Spirit being love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Or think about this question for a minute. What would others say about the type of fruit that you're bearing in your life? Does it look like this? Is it beautiful and fresh and life-giving and abundant? with that fruit of the Spirit that Paul talks about? Or is it the kind of fruit that is not mentioned in Galatians? We're going to call it the unfruitful fruits of the Spirit, and I'm not even sure if that's really a word. But this is an ugly fruit, ugly spelled with an I. And I'm disappointed that Kroger doesn't have one because I was going to bring one to you today. It's an ugly kind of fruit that just is not pretty at all. These are a different kind of fruit. Do any of these words describe the kind of fruit that you're bearing? Words like hatefulness, woefulness, distress, impatience, ugliness, selfishness, indifference, or agitation. Any of those words resonate? And you can be honest. There's no test today. You don't have to leave a card with you when you leave church this afternoon or anything. But take a minute and look around you. Look at the people around you, to your front, to side, behind you. Look around you for a minute. Because all over this sanctuary, all over this congregation, are people that can help you cultivate the right kind of fruit in your life. And if we're going to cultivate the right kind of fruit, we better be grafted to the right kind of vines. Because as the body of Christ, it's up to us. We need one another to bring out God's best in us. We as a community are better when we're together. As individuals, as a church, we are no doubt going to face difficulties. We are no doubt going to face challenges in our lives. And here we are, less than perfect, living in a very imperfect world and striving for this beautiful perfection that can only be found when we're connected to God, the source that can give us true life. We don't wake up every day and choose whether or not we're going to bear fruit because fruit has to be cultivated. But we do have a choice, though, to decide where we abide and how we stay connected. 
And that choice impacts the kind of fruit that we're going to bear. This summer when I was away, I had the amazing opportunity to travel with my daughter to Belize on an immersion trip with Hand in Hand Ministries. And we were with a group of 13 individuals um, that built a home for a single mom whose name was Femisha Atis. And she is pictured here with her three beautiful daughters that she was raising in conditions that are just really difficult for me to grasp and describe to you. I hadn't been immersed in poverty like that and experienced that before. She was a beautiful woman striving to do her very best, raising three beautiful girls that all suffered from asthma. And they were living underneath her brother's house on a dirt floor. And the only walls were like some thin curtains or, you know, plastic sheets that hung there because her home had been destroyed over a year ago in a hurricane that had hit Belize. So the health conditions of her daughter were worsening, and we were there to, to, build, to build a home. And the hands that are on these walls represent hands of people that were on our mission team, but they also represent hands of those in the city of Belize that were there to serve and help and support this beautiful woman that was striving to do the best that she could in circumstances that were really difficult. And while I was there, what I realized was that, you know, in two or three days after the roof was on and the key was turned over and the house was built, 13 of us would be getting back on a plane to return to our homes. But those hands that surrounded Femisha and that helped raise those walls, those hands were still going to be there in Belize. She was still going to be surrounded by the love and support and encouragement from her community. And this is a woman that w is certainly challenged, facing tough circumstances, but she's a woman of faith, and she stands a much better chance of staying connected to God and staying grafted to the vine in that source of hope and life and love she stands a much better chance because of the strength of that community that stands around her. And I know for me that it is pretty hard for me to even imagine what my life might look like today without the strength of my community, without the love and support and nurturing and encouragement and caring that I have received over the years. So an invitation to join with this community 
is an invitation to beautiful, life-changing connections that can alter the course of your life. So I extend that invitation to you. It's not just an invitation to join a church. It's an invitation to receive the life, love, and mercy that God offers to all of those who receive it. It's an invitation into connectivity, an invitation into relationships, a relation to intimacy with God as we build these strong connections that lead out into this world with his love and his grace and his light.